Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, Egg Chasers. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Back in our respective TMO shipping containers at a socially acceptable distance in the Sunday evening sunshine of South Manchester and Cheshire in Phil's case. How are you doing, Phil? <laughs> Hello, Tim. A bit Very nippy today. You've you got your Edinburgh Northern hoodie on again. I do, yeah. After a few days of just wearing shorts and t-shirts, uh, I'm back in some slightly more wintry clothes because it's a bit bit nippy today. JB, so, did you have did you have your Sam Burgess vest out at any point in the last few days? No, I'll tell you what I've been wearing recently for my God workouts. My Japan vest, which uh, which Ooh. I've got. So I, I can't find Sam Burgess' vest. It's gone missing. Uh, I s- tend to save my Sail Sharks vest for special occasions now. Um, <laughs> so they're, they're so infrequent, the special occasions. I mean, I, you know, I'm not even sure what a special occasion is now. Tim, you're wearing a lovely bath rugby top. Oh, a beautiful bath, ch- bath jersey. Well, that's, that's because, we, this because uh, for tomorrow, I'm going to keep it on until tomorrow when we do our other pod about Bath v ah, Wigan, the, the Cross of the Codes podcast. I might get my Sam Burgess vest for that one. Yes. Excellent. It is. <laughs> that is annoying. You had a good week. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, they also did merge into one though. It's not really. You know, it's finally. I think it's finally catching up with me. I finally ran out of stuff stuff to do. <laughs> Have you painted all your Warhammer? No, I've not painted any Warhammer. Uh, did a bit of. A, I've kind of slowed down on the trumpet I've done, I've done a little bit more working on it not too much I got a 24 kg kettlebell and the 28 uh, nice. kg kettlebell and my Metcons arrived which means I'm automatically fitter yeah, at least 20% fitter yeah nothing interesting work, work is actually very busy uh, which is very very good because it's keeping me occupied most of the time um, my only interesting bit of fitness this week was I, I ran a PB for 5k um, at uh, 20 minutes and two seconds. That's Ooh. awesome, Phil. That's annoyingly close to sub 20, though. Yeah, annoyingly. So I wasn't. So I've set myself a goal before my next birthday, which is in two weeks' time, of running sub 25k. Um, and I failed by two seconds, which is incre- oh. incredibly annoying. I only but wanted least, it just a little bit more. Uh, well, if I'd have just run slightly two seconds faster. Um, but uh, I, I'm dubious I, about my Garmin, uh, my Garmin watch measuring the distance I cover accurately. Maybe it made you run ten meters too far. 
you actually beat it. Well, my Garmin actually recorded me as slightly further, or sorry, slightly slower than Strava did. So I'm taking the Strava time, which was about four oh, yeah, seconds. Oh, yeah, of course. It was four seconds faster than the Garmin time. Good. Um, but yeah, if I make it under 20, I will trust whatever records that says that I've done it. Yeah, good. Yeah, so my little brother somehow runs 5K in about 19... Under 19. Eight, that's, fr- that, that's outrageous. That's very, very fast for, for a uh, civvy, for a, a non-runner. What does he do it in, like, 18 something, is it? I think, I think he set a PB this week of 18.50, something like that. I bet he posted it on social media. It didn't happen if he didn't post it on social media. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 did it, I didn't even know it was that he did it until Phil, until, until Phil told me. Phil so might actually know. tweet, just purely to make that real. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Right, r- rugby wise, we've got plenty to talk about on this podcast. Um, so I'm just, uh, where'd you go on, JB? You were you were looking at our running order and going, don't care about that, don't care about that. So pick something you do really care about. Well, I, you know what? I, let's keep it to actual professional rugby for now. Uh, Leicester Tigers is very interesting. It is interesting. Some some big shifts at Leicester Tigers. So the, the headlines they've announced this week, we we knew some of them, but they've announced the full range of players who are departing their squad, which totals 21 players, um, alongside just the 22 who left last season as well. So that's 43 players turned over in two years. Some good, some bad. Um, it's, it's a bit of a mixed bag, which is, I guess, to be expected with the, the Leicester squad. There's some handy players leaving, but most of them, you'll say, it doesn't really matter. And alongside that, just, just to give the the high-level thing. They've also announced some coaching changes this week, which are quite interesting. So we already knew Jordan Murphy was getting a promotion for all the good work he's done. To director all the good work. <laughs> no end of good work there, is there? For all his good work. He, he, he um, prevented relegation for two seasons on the bounce. So well done. So he's gone to director of rugby. One, one, technically, he avoided relegation. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, he might be. He might be lobbying to get Saracens relegated. I mean, we yeah. don't know how involved he was there. He could. He could have compiled a dossier himself and handed it, <laughs> handed it to Premier Rugby. <laughs> Jordan Murphy snooping around the offices of Saracens. Um, so Murphy goes to the top role. Dor Borthwick comes in as head coach. Mike Ford has moved from. I think he was doing attack and defence. He's now just going to focus on defence. And they've brought in a chap called Rob Taylor, who is the tech coach at Sydney University, who have won the Shoot Shield, I think it is, but um, a Australian domestic competition for four seasons on the bounce. He seems like an interesting appointment, although I don't know much about him. And a, a bigger name, or certainly he, his last role was a bigger role, Aled Walters comes in as strength and conditioning coach, who famously got the Springboks prepared to win a World Cup and in the shape of their lives, so much so that many people on social media were suggesting that they're all on drugs. Yeah, so I'm going to tell you something embarrassing here. Um, I, don't, I did not know the first thing about Mr. Walters. Never heard of him before. Looked him up. Spoke to many people who I trust in the game and whose opinion I respect. And the, you know, it seems to be unanimous. They all think he's bloody brilliant. Yeah, he's got he's got good write-ups, um, and he's been around as well. So he's been Scarlets, Brumbies, Taranaki in New Zealand, uh, Munster, and then South Africa. So he's got, TV. 
it's, it's a great CV and experience in different environments. So that looks like, I mean, in terms of the strength and conditioning side, um, winning the World Cup with, this, with South Africa, there can't be many better rules. So this guy has got an incredible CV for strength and conditioning coaches. Are we doing some uh, Zoom fitness classes at the minute? Yeah. So just on be. that, I mean, all the other roles I'm more impressed with than the South African role. How much extra strength do the South Africans need? <laughs> Think about the conditions that they were playing in. So over 30 degrees at pretty much every single game and 80 plus percent humidity. So to mm. get a team ready for that, I mean, not that, not that Leicester are going to be um, training or playing in those conditions very often, but the challenges that South Africa faced and every team, and particularly South Africa actually, because they're such a big team, such a heavy team, to play and continue performance in those conditions is huge. So I, I think yeah. it, it really is a, a very good appointment. And there will be, undoubtedly, there will be other clubs and probably nations looking for a signature. The 43 people that you listed in the last two years that have left Leicester Tigers is a pretty damning uh, number. It? It's a damning reflection on the recruitment of, of the years since Richard Cockrell left the helm and, uh, and and then when you look at it when you dig into it a little bit and you also go they've recruited tons of players which hasn't worked and haven't been of the necessary quality and in that period they've hardly brought any academy players through and bearing in mind we're talking about financial sustainability of rugby I'm absolutely certain that that is that is their focus has been their focus for the last few years and for any club must be the number one focus yeah, if it gels, they've got a very, very good coaching setup. If you just said all those names, and then you added the name Jordan Murphy in, and you didn't know anything else about him, and anything else about these coaches, and you said, which one do you think is director of rugby? You probably would have gone Mike Ford, Borthwick. You would have yeah. gone Jordan Murphy. In my head, it's clearly not worked with Jordan Murphy as, as head coach. The, the last couple of seasons have, by Leicester Tigers standards, been disastrous. Yeah. But they obviously rate him and obviously like him. And I, I like him when I listen to him talk. I, I like him. He comes across as, as honest, comes across as intelligent, and he comes across as a proper rugby man and a, a proper Leicester man. And so they, they must see something in him which has um, given them the confidence to promote him. And the, the position of DOR, in my head, is very different yeah. from the position of head coach. It's far less hands-on. It's far more business-orientated. It's far more strategic. And maybe that, maybe this is the perfect fit. Um, maybe that's great for Jordan Murphy. And having someone like Borthwick, who is clearly a talented coach and has done numerous different roles across the world um, with general success, maybe this is just what they need. I'm going to just make a completely unsub unsubstantiated claim here. You ready? <laughs> Part of me wonders if Leicester Tigers are being a little bit smart here. They're trying to make a bet, and I wonder if they're trying to slim down the down their squad, worried about the future of the league. And I wonder if they think maybe they're going to come back to rugby and instead of having 12 team leagues going to be a 10 team league so let's get rid of the people that we want to now and hey if it's a 10 team league we've got the squad in place and we, and we would shape if it's not well we can recruit a bit more later and I, I think there might be an element of them sort of hedging their bets and being a bit prudent with 
with the thought that potentially two teams could fold or drop out of the league. Yeah, like Newcastle, like Worcester, like Wasps. Um, you know, all three, I, I believe, are basically pretty precarious. Even if that um, weren't the case, even if you were definitely going to have 12 teams, with, the, with what's going on in New Zealand, South Africa, Australia, with their teams and the precarious financial state there, I'd keep hold of your shekels and spend them and you'll get more value out of them later. Yeah, yeah. so get rid of everyone. Yeah, pick up a get few blocks, pick up a few spring blocks. Um, the, the other side of the day, um, which kind of matches those two things, is there's talk, and there has been talk for the last few weeks, of either a um, potential reduction in the um, salary cap or a potential removal of the marquee players, which was uh, brought up in the rugby paper. And either or both of those things, or a shift in that direction, could also um, align to having a smaller, more streamlined squad. Yeah, I, I actually am in favour of getting rid of the marquee players. I mean, I, I see why they're there. I'm happy that they are there. I'm also not bothered if they go. I'm far more comfortable with removing the marquee players than reducing the salary. So the marquee players... I think for, as an England fan, um, I'm a fan of the league and I'm a, an England fan, I do worry that you'd get more people being forced to make the choice that someone like Carl Ferns yeah. had to make. And Carl Ferns ha- has not played for England for the last four or five years when he probably, certainly at some points, would have been picked because he was playing in France, because he took the money. And there's been fewer people have had to weigh up that decision. And that... That benefits England, but it does also benefit the league. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be a, a problem, actually, uh, getting rid of the more key players, because, in fact, I think now is the time to do it. I've had a lot of thoughts around the future of rugby, particularly after COVID. And I'm, I can only come to the conclusion that rugby is going to go down the same route that football is. It tends to polarise around a couple of leagues just because of the economic pull. I think that the Premiership can afford to get rid of the more key spaces and basically just price out with France for whoever they want now. Maybe. And that's the future. I think the future is going to be basically these two big leagues and that's it. Watch this space. Watch this space. I'll tell you what, let's stay with the Premiership for a minute and uh, Saracens uh, breaching breaching the rules um, <laughs> this time with five players. Who were the guys? Nick Izikwe, Billy Vunapola, Sean Maitland, Good. great mates, uh, Alex Good and Josh uh, I'll get get his name wrong, but it would not. It Yes, he's the prop. The prop, isn't he? Yeah. Young prop. So what yeah. were they do? They were they were having coffee, wandering around St Albans, from what I saw. Which, yeah. um, it it just sounds a bit dull, as in, yeah. um, they they know the rules. Um, whether whether it's your opinion that it's um reasonable or responsible or whatever else they know the rules and it's not as if you can miss them they're, yeah exactly That'd be my five <laughs> five five massive blokes who are in the heart town where they are pretty much most famous wandering around just be a bit smarter lads yeah it's not like they were hiding in, like it obviously be better if they're hiding in the back room of a bar or something <laughs> yeah. but they were in a park looking massive yeah 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 so just a bit dull. Um, fair enough. They seem to have apologised. Um, no harm done kind of thing. Just be a bit smarter, lads. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it's just... In a way, I feel sorry for... Well, no, no, not even in a way. I genuinely feel sorry for all of the 
all the people at Saracens who work really hard, have the best of intentions and have done nothing wrong because the, <laughs> the reputation of that club just... Yeah, the, I mean, it does show the human side, which is they're probably pretty bored at home. You know, let's just go. It's nice and sunny. Go for a coffee. It's pretty much understood. You're going to be okay outside. I guess it's against rules. No one's harmed. They will move, they will move on. But the reaction to it, because it's Saracens, is very much like, oh, cheating again, are we? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> If anyone was going to do it, it had to be Saracens. It had to be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there you go. Um, uh, elsewhere, uh, other news this week. Um, and w- w- how soon is it going to be before we see England's next kit? The Stash Watch, Umbro, uh, C- Canterbury have had their last involvement with England rugby. Good. Yeah. They're, uh, not, they're not going to suit up another England team for the foreseeable. Yeah, it's good to have a change. Uh, I thought the Canterbury brand was getting a bit stale, uh, actually. So, yeah, fine, they can go. Uh, unless we sponsor the Lions and send us some new shirts. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, is it the Canterbury brand getting <laughs> um, stale or the freebies, the boxes of stuff we got sent well, getting uh, less and less to, frequent? To, to be honest, <laughs> since, they, since they stopped sending us free boxes, uh, a lot of love has been lost here. And I don't mind saying it. Look, uh, I'm fairly neutral on these things, but I can be less neutral if you send me boxes and stuff. <laughs> I thought you were always neutral, JB. I'm all, yes, I, I am all, uh, always neutral. Uh, I think Umbro is going to be pretty cool. I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm actually, there's a lot of people um, almost being a bit snobby with this. I'm, so Umbro, as far as I'm aware, I've not seen a rugby kit for 15 plus years, probably 20 years. Um, technology, as we well know, has moved on a lot in, in the last 20 years. So I'm, I'm um, although Umbra wouldn't be my go-to brand for sportswear, I'm um, cautiously optimistic that they'll do something a little bit fun, a little but bit different. The, the fact they've not been involved in rugby for a, for a reasonably long time, I think they might do a couple of rugby league kits currently, but anyway. They, okay. okay. Do they? Um, they may do. They, do. They, do they do the Great Britain one? No, that's they uh, did days do it back in the day when they, they were did do it. the cold board. Yeah, they yeah. did. They did do it before. Whoever does uh, the, the current Great Britain rugby league kit is probably my favourite kit of any awesome. kit in any sport at the moment. Oh no, someone weird does that. Dacia, no, or is they, that the sponsor? Dacia's the sponsor. That's the sponsor. They, they make yeah, the cars. It's not Umbro. It's someone. It's someone. It's not Umbro. No, it's on my tongue. It's a bloody cool shirt, though. You are it's, all right. It's awesome. It's it like, an awesome shirt. It's like the the perfect balance between um, like retro but also slightly modern. Yeah. It's like a slightly modern take on a retro shirt. It's yeah. really cool. Agreed. I mean, ultimately, who are we trying to kid here? All these sports tops are probably made in the same sweatshop in East Asia somewhere <laughs> and then rebadged appropriately. So I, I really don't care what, what the badge is. The last time Umbro really came across my radar, was when they were fitting out the England football team under Fabio Capello. And I seem to remember Fabio Capello and Umbro took the players to a tailor to get the shirts fitted for them properly. I'm into that. I, I'm so into that. <laughs> I find it hard to explain how into that I am. And if they take that approach for rugby, I'm all for it. I'm 100% in. So I, I quite like, we, we saw, was it um, Underhill? And was it Underhill and Curry? Tom Curry. Yeah. Um, but that can't be true, can it? Because they should—they can't be together. Yeah, they shouldn't be together. Um, 
but anyway, there was a tweet of a kit that that could, in my head, that could only possibly be a training kit. It has like to be a training kit. It was disgusting. So I, I didn't mind it oh, as I a did. training as a training kit. I would I would hate it if that was the real kit. But as a training kit, training kits are supposed to be a bit different. So I've got no That's issue supposed to be with disgusting. Yeah, I I could actually actively enjoy it. No, that, that Sam Burgess vest that you can't find is is a thing of beauty. <laughs> that is a thing of beauty, true. But yeah, most of the singlets are, are very, very nice. Some of the training kits, though, are horrendous. So that doesn't bother me too much. Uh, look, England, England wear a white shirt. You have to be monumentally bad at your job to mess up a white shirt. It has been done. <laughs> but I, I, you know, the, the test will be how bad is the alternative shirt? What ridiculous colour will England be wearing? Will it be purple? Will it be you know, sunset orange? What will it be? Uh, that'll be the test. The home kit will be fine. You're right. Well, apparently there's one thing that Umbro, because they've not done a great deal of rugby, and like you say, that the material has to be able to withstand a lot of going over. I think I think that's that's the one thing that's the question mark is how, do they, have they got the te- have they got it right that they're going to be able to make a shirt that will last. But no, in in terms yeah. of design, I hope they don't come in thinking we need to make an impact. No, it's a white <laughs> it's a white shirt with it's a red rose. Urban, that's it. Urban, urban spray paint fonts. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah, keep it keep it simple, guys. Go do what you want with the training kit. Make that as funky and urban as you want. It, yeah, it it needs to appeal to everybody. Come on, guys. <laughs> uh, one of the most incredible things about this announcement was so Umbro. I thought they were owned by Nike, and they, they were owned by Nike until 2017, um, <laughs> when they were bought by. Iconics, um, I, Iconics brand group. Um, so what do they own? Because I bet it's all sorts of stuff. They they do own a few different um, brands, including Umbro, <laughs> including Lee Cooper, um, the what? cheap jean and check shirt um, mm-hmm. company that you can get from Sports out, Direct out, outlet shops, basically. Yes, yeah. outlet shops. Um, but I, they also own Rockaware, which is Jay Z's um, streetwear really? brand. But, so, but then Iconics. So Mike Ashley has a thirteen percent stake uh, in, in Iconics. Well, yeah. So now, so Mike Ashley now has a finger in the England rugby pie, <gasps> as well as a finger in Jay Z's <laughs> urban sportswear <laughs> brand pie, which it, it just sounds like a recipe for disaster. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly if Mike Ashley does some cost cutting and says, "Can't we just uh, can't we just use up some of this Jay Z stuff? Put a rose on it and uh, <laughs> England's post match attire, like a, an Ameri- like a, a Chicago Bulls Michael Jordan suit, circa nineteen ninety seven. Perfect. Those suits. You know what we're doing. I, I those those th- three blur breasted giant suits. Uh, not three breasted, three button or three or four button suits. Oh, they're outrageous! What, I'm, I'm up to episode. I've done four episodes of Last Dance. Have you? What, oh my done God, two, it's Phil? amazing! It is, it is absolutely outrageously good. I didn't think it could get any better, and it does. Phil, I, Phil I, Jackson. Phil Jackson's my favourite. You were, I mean, you were rightly saying Dennis Rodman. What a character he is! I'd forgotten that he was potting Madonna and Carmen Electra and all of that. Yeah. But, um, Carmen Electra looks amazing still. Like, amazing. <laughs> but that Phil Jackson, he's the most interesting guy out of the lot, I think. His shoulders. 
Yeah, the shape of the man. Shoulders. <laughs> yeah, they're all they're all fascinating characters. In fairness, I want to know why Michael Michael Jordan's eyes are yellow though. I, I googled it. Do you know what I googled? I I, I googled um, why are Michael and it, it also filled it Jordan's eyes yellow. Oh really? <laughs> That's the and there there is no answer. He won't he won't say. He won't give an answer on it. I did. No, nor, nor should he if he doesn't want to. <clears throat> no, absolutely not. Um, I did notice that he had a little glass next to him during the interviews. That there's something that looked like it might be a whiskey. Oh, it's definitely um, a whiskey. Whiskey and cigars. He loves. Always on the cigars. Yeah. Every time, every time it cut back to him, the whiskey was at a different level. Yeah. It wasn't just going down. It was down, then up, then down <laughs> again. Then up. Um, uh, two quotes which I love from this whole thing. One was Republicans buy trainers too. I love that quote so much. I mean, that, that to me just sums up the competitive nature of the man. He just wants to win and sell shoes. Uh, no, I'm not getting involved with anything. Republicans buy sneakers too. What a great saying that. And that's almost, that's almost inspirational <laughs> to me. Uh, and the other one was, I'm only packing one. Where do you go? Arizona. Yeah, uh, Phoenix. I'm only packing one suit. Now, if you don't get that reference, it's because he had two games there. They only needed to win one of them. And he didn't want to, sp- he didn't want to stay, stay for two days. Ah, very good. I'm I'm loving it at the moment. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, back to Mike Ashley. Uh, yes. Mike Ashley. Uh, I, 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 mean, I don't like him as a person per se, but I do love just the effect he has on, well, particularly Twitter, but like just the wide the wider nation. <laughs> to know Mike Ashley is involved in the England kit again fills my heart with joy. It's it's going to be wonderful. Mike Ashley and Boris Johnson are like a, a Twitter tag team, aren't they, between them? <laughs> Make people's yeah. veins burst all over the shop, inexplicably. So, it, just going back to who owns what, what, what's the name of that, uh, what, what's the name of that brand, Phil? So, it's, it's I, Iconics Brand Group, is the, the, the group that owns Umbro, Lee Cooper, Rockaware, Massimo, Danskin, London Fog, Mud Jeans, um, Echo. Basically, oh, yeah, I, what, Phil, what you've just reeled off is is a rack at TK Maxx. But yeah. Pretty much. TK Maxx or um, <laughs> Sports Direct. Sports Direct. There's a lot so, of stuff in there. Canterbury owned by somebody brands. And I can't remember exactly, I can't remember exactly what the name was, but I was dealing with one of their, one of their people. And um, that's based out of it's based out of Blackburn. It's got loads of these massive warehouses of Blackburn. And same situation, which is there's loads and loads of brands like Red or Dead is one. Um, I think it's like one of the big outdoor pursuit brands. And I think what they do is they, if you're a brand, you, you sell yourself to one of these bigger firms, not because they add anything to your brand in particular, but it gives you all, all the infrastructure, like the warehousing and the, this is kind of quite, quite, quite boring now, but you know, the sourcing of materials all the transport, the, for uh, the, the infrastructure, that sort of thing. So Canterbury was in exactly the same situation. They were owned by a huge, huge firm that owns several different brands. And I, th- I think even like Nike and Adidas and others are, are the same, but they're more at the top of the chain rather than one of the sub-brands. So like Nike owned Umbro for a period of time mm. alongside a few others. I think Adidas owned Reebok for a period of time. Um, they did? So they, they're all, yeah, they're all in similar positions yeah so yeah i'm looking forward to, to, to the kit i'm always looking for well i'm always looking forward to a new kit let's just see what they make 
Yeah. Uh, just, just on other TV shows and in, in an update to last week, just while, while we were mentioning Last Dance, I started watching Last Dance when I finished Better Call Saul. And I am willing to say now, now I've done all five seasons of Better Call Saul, it's better than Breaking Bad. They're both well, amazing, it. but it's better than Breaking Bad. That is a big call. Did, did I, we talk about this last week? Why, we did. I, I said yeah. I think I said I think I might think it's better than Breaking Bad, but I'm just I'm putting it out there. I'm putting it out there. What? It is better than Breaking Bad. Wow, it, that is, is a it big sad opinion. At the end, Sim. Um, is it still no, end? no spoilers. Uh, uh, no I, spoilers. I, 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 well, I know I don't I don't want to give any spoilers away. Um, but I, I I don't think you shouldn't watch it for the reason that you said you wouldn't watch it. That's that's not to give any spoiler away because I just don't think that should be a reason you don't watch it because you're worried about the relationship. Okay, oh, I will I will revisit my decision. Yeah. <laughs> get on it good um right uh, sam kane is all blacks captain they do like their Who's back he? row they, they do like their back row skippers it feels like though they've gone g- graduating downwards in quality not that sam kane's not an outstanding guy and player but richie mccaw to kieran reed to sam kane not the same sort of beast is it yeah and and it's interesting as well because um I think um, Kieran Reed is one of my all-time favourite back rowers. Yeah, I think he was awesome. sensational. But I would actually say um, the period after he took over probably coincided with him um, being on the decline. Now, he still had some amazing years in that period. And watching the All Black documentary that we did last week and we yeah. recorded the pod on last week, he still put some sensational performances in in 2016, 17, 18, 19, but he was probably not at the peak of his powers from, say, 2011 to 2015. Mm. Um, uh, Sam Kane, I don't think, has ever hit the real highs. I mean, he, he's, he's a bloody good player, but he, he never seems to have hit I the real highs. I completely agree. I completely agree. He's always, it, it comes as no surprise to me that he is captain. It feels like he was destined to be captain from day one. Um, he was being, being groomed for it, moulded for it in yeah. the McCaw mould. But what one thing that I think um, I think Kieran Reid lacked, and I've kind of always thought this, and it was reinforced by the All Blacks documentary, was that um, leadership presence and the the ability to to speak and be heard. And perhaps that is something that Sam Kane can bring. And I, I don't I don't actually know because I've. If I have heard him, I've heard him very, very infrequently. Um, but yeah, I, hopefully he's got that um, leadership ability. Yeah, I don't think he's, he's in the same quality. I agree with everything you just, just said. Phil. feels like he's been groomed for the role he's in. What's the point? Who, who's he going to captain? <laughs> well, he's not um, going to captain an autumn tour team. New Zealand have announced, well, they've said for certain, whilst various leagues like Pro 14, for example, have said, Right, we've shifted the the plans to resume the league back to August now. They're not writing it off. New Zealand have already said we're not travelling to the Northern Hemisphere in 2020. Just done, which is going to hit um, hit all nations in the pockets big time. Uh, yeah, to, to the tune of 20 million dollars to New Zealand, I believe. Yeah, because New Zealand they have the highest um, fee, so they charge the teams for their appearances, which was one of the the issues for when. Um, when Eddie Jones Samoa? first took, 
Oh, well, it's, it's issues for, for all teams, but when uh, Eddie Jones had his run of 19 games, uh, 19 winning games, but they didn't play New Zealand for like two or three years um, during that period, it was because New Zealand were selling th- their matches to the highest bidder, which over that period was Wales, Ireland, um, Scotland, France, uh, but not England at that time. Yeah. So it's going to cost them a lot. And they've already announced, they've also announced that all staff at New Zealand Rugby are now reapplying for half the number of jobs oh, that there were. How awful. How awful for everyone. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it you know, brings home the tragedy of what's going on, uh, really. It's just unavoidable. Uh, I hope that they're all okay. And I hope if they don't get their job back with New Zealand Rugby, they find alternative employment. But it's just a desperate, desperate, <clears throat> desperate situation. And it, it does highlight the the economic impact um, of um, COVID nineteen is at, at this point at least as serious as the the um, the health impact. Yeah, and it is very very significant. Uh, well, just, yeah, Nick, it could well end up being again. We don't know how this is going to plan out, but I suspect you know we'll look back in a few years' time and say that the economic impact cost cost far more lives than the, than the health impact. Potent- yeah. Yeah. Well, just linking this back to rugby, on a particular uh, point that I was making at the start, which is, I, I can honestly see this being a time where the leagues reshape. If they are, have I got this right? Are some of the players down to 25% of their salary? There's definitely, it was either 50 or 60% cuts across the board that yeah. were announced by, by New Zealand a few weeks ago. If that's the case, you can't blame the lads for wanting to pack up and, and head over to Europe, whether oh, that be course. France, whether that be here. Oh, you know, this, but but the, the, there isn't, right now, there isn't many options to do that. Like you, long, long term, you can understand them saying, look, I can't, I, can't, I don't know how long this career is going to be. I can't stay in New Zealand on below my market rate, so I will move. But right now, no one really has the opportunity unless you've got an offer from Japan, say. No, I mean, Japan is the, the obvious ones. But, you know, contracts are running down all the time. You know, you only need uh, one, um, you know, one club to be interested. And before you know it, you're on a flight. And actually, it doesn't stop at the Premiership. You know, you've got, you got the French League, you've got uh, Pro, Pro D2. You know, they, they will find their way over here, just like the South Africans have. There's 700 odd South Africans playing, in, playing across England and France. And I can see the same sort of thing happening. And as those leagues get stronger and stronger, they might take a back seat now, but if they've got as many South Africans as they have, if they've got as many New Zealanders, uh, New Zealanders as they have, these countries are rugby mad. They will be turning in torch, uh, tuning in torch Premiership and top fourteen, and it just makes those leagues stronger and stronger. And again, it's a compounding effect as those leagues uh, attract more revenue, which they will with the influx of talent. They're just going to suck in more and more talent. That's the way it's going to go, and that's why I think it's going to end up basically two. Two games in two games in town between France and uh, England. I do, I do appreciate that. I also just would have a, have a, an element of caution for. We should be careful what we wish for there, because what impact, what what impact? No, no, I don't wish for it. I, and I know it sounds harsh because, like you say, I want I want, people, I want people to be gamefully employed, but I don't I don't I don't care for watching loads of New Zealanders, one or two of the very best. In, from whatever country, wherever they're from, I don't really care. Just a few amazing rugby players, kind of in the Irish model, and then let's make the clubs a gr- let's make it a great Premiership product 
that, that is geared towards an amazing England team that's going to win World Cups? I think I want to agree with you. I think <laughs> because you, what you're saying is technically correct. I should care. But, you know, officially I'm a Welshman. I do not care how many Welsh people are on the field. I even care if I'm watching a Welsh team. I kind of see it a bit more like the NFL model, which is I don't care where you're from. Are you any good? Or are you going to go, go, going to entertain me? I know that the international game is a far bigger draw in rugby union than... Yeah, and, su- and Super Bowl's the pinnacle. Super Bowl's the pinnacle yeah. of American football. Yeah, and I think that's what's going to happen. I think that the major leagues are going to become the pinnacle of the sport. I, I still think the international game is, is so strong and so big that that will, that will remain the pinnacle, so, certainly for the foreseeable. Um, but I think, Jay, your point, um, the play, players will follow the money and the standard oh, will follow the money. And if, the two te- if it is France and England that, um, in the Premiership that put out the best, com- most competitive, most compelling product, the TV money will flow there and then the players will flow there. And, the, and yeah. those leagues will get stronger and stronger and stronger. But hopefully, I'm, I'm Tim, I'm also with you. I'm, I am a fan of the Premiership. I'm also a massive England fan, as I said earlier in the pod. And I, I wouldn't want anything that um, raised the standard of the English, uh, the Premiership product, if it um, had a negative effect on the England team. So yeah. me- mediocre, mediocre, or mediocre New Zealanders, not or South Africans, not interested in World Cup winning superstars, billboards, a TV um, viewing figure magnets. Get them in. And, uh, I literally I want... had to think about who who you were talking about then when you said billboard. <laughs> billboard. Sonny Bill Williams. Sonny Bill Williams <laughs> on a massive billboard. No, 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 no. I actually thought he said a name. <laughs> Bill, he's a. Young, younger Kiwi flanker, billboard. Yeah, excellent, billboard. <laughs> <laughs> right, it is what I, I'm desperate to hear what you think about this. Um, so with, with the lockdown situation, we, do, we don't know exactly what effect it's going to have on the top-level rugby, when that will be able to resume and in what form and format and all the rest of it. But it's pretty clear to see that, at least at the grassroots level, we, that people may be, have to be a little bit more creative about how it's resumed. Like the, the announcement this week is that sport can take place between members of the same family whilst exercising social distance. So, you know, rugby, even, I don't know, rugby training, that, that, that doesn't mean you can train, can you? As maybe, maybe well, rugby, you can't pass a ball to each other. I don't care no, what you can't pass a ball to each other, yeah, because yeah. that, there's germs on your fingertips. You can't I mean, scrimmage. You can't nope. uh, have a line out. Kicking contest. So the suggestion has been that maybe grassroots rugby would should consider games with shorter halves, no contact, no set pieces, a form of touch rugby, just to allow some form of competitive rugby to restart. Well, if it's going to be touch rugby, you may as well have contact rugby. I mean, I don't know if that stacks up uh, scientifically. That's just my initial thought. Yeah, well, t- yeah touch. I, you might as well, because if you've got a touch, you can't touch from two metres away. Maybe touch with sticks. <laughs> two meter poles. Did you see England preparing for the World Cup and they were firing balls at the back three, Johnny May, um, Watson, Daly. And one of the strength and conditioning coaches had... Um, oh, those, two, those swimming pool, pool noodles. Oh, yeah, pool noodles. Yeah. So if everyone gets a pair of pool noodles, you can play. 
if you, in a form of maybe rugby league, you could. You get six attacks, everyone's got pool noodles attached to their arms. <laughs> and that's how you try and, you've got to try and touch it. Each but other. with Velcro on the end, and it's a soft rugby ball. Yeah. With a soft, uh, soft felt rugby ball. Yeah. I'm dubious about the success of that plan. I'm not going to lie. Well, you think of, so, just think of the amount of space that you would need. You, you need, so you need to be playing. So if you had 15 players each with their arms extended by two meters and it's touch, no one's, ev- <laughs> no one's ever going to score a try. <laughs> but you're going to yeah. need to play. You're going to need to play five a side on a cricket pitch. In order yeah, to, it, to, to create the space. Frankly, it's it's a daft idea. <laughs> well, um, I, I mean, I read this. I, I, you know, my jaw was getting gradually closer towards the floor. And I, you know, I'm very much of the opinion that if we all want to play, we should play. And I know people say that I am horribly ir- um, irresponsible. You don't but care I, about people's lives, JB. You want care. people to I die. Don't. I want all your grandmas dead so I can play rugby. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, it's a sort of, it's a thing which I've been playing for I don't know how many years now, a long, long time. It's very, very important to me, and I just feel that if we all agree we want to play it, that we should play it. Uh, you know, when when we're told we can play it, um, yeah. I do not think that some bastardization of the game, something which looks like touch, is worth doing. You may as well go and play a different sport. Go and play a different different sport, like. You know, whatever you're allowed to play. I don't think... The reason I don't think this is realistic is because I can't imagine netball coming back with social distancing. I, don't, I can't see how you can play any of these sports. So maybe all the invasion sports just stop. In which case, go and do CrossFit until everything reopens. I mean, I can't... I, I wouldn't play this. Because someone gave me the option of playing non-contact rugby. It's just, I'm just not interested. I don't care. Somebody said today, I was reading an article, oh, yeah, the Ian McGeegan one. And I really take a big issue with this because it would be great to practice the core skills of rugby, catching and passing. They're not the core skills of rugby. The core skills of rugby are contact and smashing into each other. I know that's horribly untrending when they run at space. But ultimately, that's not true. The game is about running at each other and creating enormous amounts of contact. That's why it is special. I totally disagree with you. You're wrong. I totally you're, disagree. You're absolutely wrong. It's, an inv- I mean, like, it's, it's not an invasion game. It's an evasion game. It bollocks. How do you how do you evade someone picking them going around the fringes of a ruck? Well, you just no, but evasion could mean in the context of a rugby evasion game, even at the top level, evasion doesn't mean not being touched. It means running at a weak shoulder rather than running right at the middle of someone. Look, I don't disagree that there are evasion skills which are very useful. But when less, but when Exeter Chiefs go through twenty-seven phases pick and go, they have not evaded anyone. <clears throat> and the reason it's so it's so uh, brutally effective is because it sucks the life out of your position. Your core skill is to bully somebody else. That is what it is. It's not catching. It's not passing. It's pick up the ball because they haven't caught it and they haven't passed it and run into the opposition and demoralise them. And, you know, do you want to say run at the 10? They don't mean run at the 10 and avoid it. They mean run at the 10. I mean, that is a legitimate strategy. You run at the 10 and you carry on going through that channel until they get tired or they make, make, they make an error. You embarrass people. Uh, no, you can play it without that, but I won't be there. <laughs> now, weirdly, I'm going to try and pick a um, a line of argument that's somewhere in the middle of your two points. Oh, really, Phil? <laughs> with with specific reference to the World Cup final last year, actually, um, which was 
Um, uh, an unbelievably brutal and physical performance by the South African team. Um, brutally physical game, which paved the way for some incredible skills for Mapimpi and Cheslin Colby to glide in for two tries. So it, in my mind, it's not one or the other, but you, you have to have both. You cannot say no, no passing skills um, and none of that. And you cannot say um, there is no place for the, the physical no, side. You got I to have both. I completely agree with that. What I'm suggesting is that the core skills, they've missed out a huge amount of core skills. Yes. If, yeah. yeah. Like, the, if, they're if all core skills. And your core skill is, you know, if your whole team just likes catching and passing, that's very, very nice. But I'll very quickly draw up a strategy to beat that. Well, yeah. ironically, yeah. with the current well, situation, I think it's all well and good for I th- it's all well and good for Jerry Guscott in the rugby paper, or Surya McGeekin, or who uh, um, doing it in whatever article you read as well, JB. It's yeah. all well and good talking about kind of using this period to upskill, but actually, the 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 handling upskilling part is going to be almost impossible to do unless you're <laughs> able to recreate yeah. game situations, which you can't do. Actually, what they should be saying, ironically, as much as you want to have great uh, handling skills and everything. What if I was a rugby coach? I would be saying there is no excuse for us not to be like Eddie Jones percentage. Remember when Eddie Jones always says, "With oh mate, in the last two weeks, we're thirty percent filler." <laughs> Basically, that's yeah. what, that's what we should. That's what players can be. They can be stronger, faster, fitter than ever. Yeah, they I can yeah, do that. That's exactly right. That's I, whether enough to. You I, know, I totally, totally agree with that as well. That that is. You, there are lots of ways that you can stay fit if you are dedicated enough um, yeah, I mean, I in this period. I, 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 I think I go and join a CrossFit gym. Uh, I think every time I go, I do it thinking I'm doing this because I can't wait to get back to rugby soon. Yeah. And that's you how, be, you know, that would be the motivation for me. You can make yourself bigger, stronger, faster uh, yeah. with, with no one else around. Well, just yeah, look at that yeah. picture of Johnny May hanging on a playground park. Uh, God, Swing! Oh my God, the shape of that man! Yeah, he's. I really, can I just reiterate how much I hate the? I, I hate. There's like a rugby snobbery now, and it's like skills are superior to everything else. It's just false. It's just completely wrong. You need you need everything, and I think this is where the where the rugby conversation. Do you know all these coaching seminars which which are going on now? Like yeah. everything's doing. Everyone's having a coaching seminar. The point, but you don't really need to log on to them because you know what's going to be said before you even you even participate. Create a learning environment, ask open-ended questions, yada, 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 yada. If you run a seminar and the subject is how to bollock your players properly, I'm interested. Tell me something which I don't know because <laughs> I've heard reiterations of this newfangled coaching over and over and over again. It is so old now and so boring. Uh, give me something new. Maybe that's a gap in the market that you could exploit, Jay. A, a yeah, old, old school coaching, how to bollock your players. Yeah, like you know, how do you target <laughs> a player's insecurity and expose it in front of the group? <laughs> that is Eddie Jones. That's an Eddie Jones. <laughs> yeah, that he, is Eddie Jones. No that, one talks that, about that, do they? That was well. Um, we had Gitto last week, and then Ben yeah. Youngs was saying this. He was on um, House of Rugby Pod this week, saying how he was. Um, Undermined and called fat, and then given a packet of sweets by Eddie Jones. <laughs> like tease him, tease him, and test him. I, I, lo- I think the more I hear about Eddie Jones, the more I love it. I think it's yeah. I've got to admit, I, I do love all all that stuff. But if, you know, maybe it's because I'm on Twitter, and Twitter's not the real world. It's really yeah, not. It's bloody soft. 
<laughs> it's so soft and so biased towards the nice things. It, and it's not a nice game. You know, it's not always a nice game. Sometimes but, it's a nice game. Coming back to the suggestion that rugby could go non-contact, no scrums, lineouts, and stuff, I, I pretty much am where you were at the, what you said at the very start, JB, which is kind of like, no, if you can play touch, you can play rugby. I don't, I don't understand yeah. the yeah. difference uh, fundamentally. Yeah, uh, I think certainly a lot of people not. Are... There, I can't see a difference in terms of uh, virus transmission. So quite yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> unless you're going to adopt our pool noodle approach. Yes, which sounds sensible, actually. More I think about it. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Plus, you know, with, with Boris as Prime Minister, we've seen him in Japan, he likes running over school kids. Uh, so he loves <laughs> exactly. the contact. He's not going <laughs> to advocate touch rugby over full contact. <laughs> Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Yeah, the other thing as well, which is quite interesting, and it's a side issue, but um, there was a discussion, or as a review, I should say, about what the amateur game looks like below, not the championship, but the level below that. So you've got the top three National tiers. one. Yeah, national one, thank you, Tim. And everything else, you know, should it be a pyramid? And uh, I think that's going to be a really interesting review, and that will really affect rugby up and down the country, and for the better, because what they should be doing, as I've said for months now, maybe years, is they should be regionalising it. So I'm part of a league with Talk H called the AD... I'm going to say ADM Premier. The ADL? Basically, ADL. Yes, that's the one. <laughs> the ADM. Um, and I think they've got 30 plus teams in this league now. So we're in the top league. There is a pyramid within that structure. No, not, no sorry, not a pyramid. There's a league structure within that structure. But it's bloody brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. I think a lot of, uh, a lot of teams would, would benefit from more regional games. Well, you're preaching to the converted a little bit because as much as I used to love you know, a, a, a bus trip back after an away game, you know, the port, the port and cheese on the back uh, seat of the bus from Manchester Rugby Club coming back from Barking or Red Ruth or somewhere like that. Um, my God, that's a long bloody way when you've got to work. It is, isn't it? And I mean, especially, I, I, especially I, I, when players get to an age where they've got families and, and stuff like that. It's just, it's untenable. So, yeah. yeah I would happily have done all that throughout my 20s. Um, happily. In fact, I, I, I wish I had. Um, but I actually also think that having regional right rivalries, as I spoke about before, is really important. And having a really high local level of rugby, with local, you know, with if we could get a handful of teams at Manchester, 
which would be National 2, effectively, playing each other. That would be amazing to watch. I'd watch that. <clears throat> yeah, you, you could get some, some great um, standards. The, the concern I would have would be if you if you'd split it like that, the drop-off in standard could be huge. So like, I don't think it would, the reason I don't think it would be, though, is you, know, you just think of the... This is very inside rugby now, very regional. But you know, if you think of the big clubs, so-called big clubs around the Northwest, Preston, Coldy, Files, Sale, yeah, yeah, Sale, yeah. Sale FC, Macclesfield, throw them all, all in, all in, all into a league. That's a damn good league. And also because it's such a good league in its own right, you'll start to get players coming to that league just because it's really good. Well, the problem is that with those teams, you could create if it's Northwest, you'd create a six-team league. And if you extended that to 10 or 12 teams, the drop-off in standard could be huge. And yeah. we, we have seen clubs who've tried to get up to that level, like Chester and Stockport and Oral and Manchester, but they were that level and above. Yeah, Holdy. Uh, Waterloo were that level and above. Filed, they're still pretty high, high level, aren't they? Yeah, but the teams that have done it and then dropped off, huge, like dropped off enormously. Yeah, and I guess the other thing is, I say all the names, and we've just said all those names. A lot of them were employing players who had already played there. You know, they weren't all just different squads. They were guys who, you, uh, uh, um, Rosendale too. You know, if Rosendale go down, they all disperse to different to different teams. Yeah. Got, I mean, everyone. I guess everyone you played with at Sedgley had been somewhere else before. So to dovetail most, it, to dovetail most, it with the conversation yeah. you had earlier, where players are going to follow the money, players are going to follow the money. And maybe, maybe, well, well, but yeah. that's the other thing. They want to get rid of the payments. And there's a really good, um, there's a really good bit of work by. It's a, I think he's a Dutch coach, but then he went to coach Belgium, and he did the academy there, which produced Lukaku and all those uh, boys who were excellent. And what he said is, when you add average players to squads with a couple of good, uh, good players the squad itself tends to get better and better and better. And if they're not as good um, technically as those players, they'll, they'll find work, uh, they will find workarounds. And I think that's, what, that, that's basically what would happen. You would have a core of good players and everyone else would get better around them. You do get better playing with better players. Yeah, that, that's definitely true. Um, I, I do wonder if you're going to take that approach, whether it would be sensible to say... Look, no one at the, at a certain level and below, maybe uh, national one or tier three or tier four, no one gets paid. I oh, mate. yeah, yeah that, I, I know what you're saying, hard. but all, it'd be all, too hard to. You won't be enforce. able to do it because all that will happen is there'll be, be even if even if there's not brown envelopes, there'll be yeah. oh, there you go. You can have that car that we've leased. Yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, be it open, there's jobs, there's all, all but the principle is right. The training, is training, no training on Wednesday nights at the petrol station where they fill up your tank, <laughs> they'll find a way to pay you. Yeah, yeah, but what horrifies me is when they say, Oh, we've got a crisis in the game, and without the RFU money, how on earth will we, will we survive? We need emergency, this, that, the other. Well, what are you do, do, doing with your money then? Where's it all going? I think that the central funds and the you know, <laughs> on a club's balance sheet. Sorry, not biology. Uh, on a cl- club's profit and loss, there shouldn't be any player salaries there. Maybe some coaching salaries um, or co- uh, coaching payments, but nothing to players. Now, if you're a rich guy and you want to you know, hand over some of your personal wealth to a player, by all means do so. But your club shouldn't go under because they can't afford to play, 
can't afford to pay salaries. And they shouldn't be paying RFE money to, uh, uh, to that extent either. So I think you can kind of come to an agreement with both. If you want to you know, waste your money, feel free. But don't be spending the RFE money and then you know, plead, pleading poverty, saying that sport is unsustainable, when it clearly is sustainable. You need to bloody mow a field. <laughs> Try some hot water for the showers. Yeah, it's not difficult. Yeah, I don't know, because until you square that circle, you are, you are still going to get the disparity, because the best players will go to the clubs that are paying. Yeah, and also goes to the club, which is the best club, because the, there's yeah, a few pay, pay, of, of playing there. Yeah. But at least, it, at least it levels it out somewhat. And if you can't, you know, if, if Preston can't get any higher, for instance, and they can't play all of their players they will naturally dissipate anyway i think i think it's a much better idea personally yeah i don't mind the idea and, and tim exactly as you said uh, earlier as much as um a few lo- a few very long bus journeys a season when you're boozing with the boys uh, fancy dressing all the rest of it a brilliant fun doing 15 away trips per season of four plus hours is pretty. It's a pretty it's brutal, brutal season. Not yes. ever. Not probably not. They ever completed a full season because I was normally injured for about um, yeah. somewhere in the region of fifty percent of a season. <laughs> oh, the, by the um, way, the, the one I used game. Sorry, sorry no, go sorry. on, Jay. I was going to say the, the county game becomes very, very exciting then, and so do cup games, national cup games. Yeah, having having a a, nas- a proper national cup below, say, national one level. Would would then be very exciting. Yeah, that'd yeah. be very cool. That'd be very cool. Now, I just remembered. I was just remembering all the things that used to happen on bus journeys. So it used to be power ballads with the music of choice, and because I was like a radio presenter, they used to make me be DJ. And uh, it was all 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 about the eighties power ballads. And um, <laughs> the uh, in the service stations, you could if you went for a wee in a service station, you had to do it with your trousers round <laughs> and pants round your ankles. I mean, you would almost School. certainly be arrested though. <laughs> I think you would be, yeah. Schoolboy. You have to do it as schoolboy, yeah. <laughs> different times. Good times. Very, very different, Simpler times. yeah. Simpler great, times, yeah. Great fun. Social media was not a thing, thank God. Yeah. Some, of those, <laughs> some of those bus trips, my God. Uh, anyway, uh, what else is there? Uh, England are touring the USA and Canada next summer, so it will be their A-team going because it's a Lions tour, obviously. So now we've got the quandary. Do we go to South Africa for the Lions or to... America Ooh. and Canada <laughs> for well, the England depends. 80. I mean, what a decision. Yeah. I mean, we need to tap of our, our, our mate that we met out in uh, Japan, Phil, because oh, if that comes good, that, that would be one hell of a trip. But on the other hand, I want to go to America. So America's always good. I, I, I didn't actually see if they'd announced where they were going to be playing. Because um, where, where the I game is. I guess it's are. Colorado. Who knows? Who knows? But where where the game is, um, depending on where it is, that might entice me more or less in mm. the US. Yeah. Just remember, David Flatman got one of his caps. How many, how many caps did he get? Two, I want to say. I don't know. More, no, one of them was in LA. Five tops, I think. One of them yeah. was in LA. Yeah. Just saying. Just saying. LA's very cool. Isn't it? Just saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> And other than that, I think we're I think we're out of stuff unless I've missed anything. So two things to mention, just just going back and doing some fact checking. Um, Flatman eight caps between two thousand and two thousand two, okay. and Sorry, the, manu- the manufacturer of the rugby league kit is Hummel. 
That's the one. Hummel. Yes, very retro. Well done. Uh, other than that, no. Right, uh, so uh, so all that's left to say is that we will be doing a second podcast, which will be coming out tomorrow if you're listening to this on Monday. Otherwise, it could be in your feed right now. So this is why you need to hit subscribe because there's new episodes coming all the time. Even in this lockdown period, we're doing special podcasts, regular podcasts, and the next one will be about the Bath v Wigan Clash of the Codes double header that happened hey, in the 90s. Hey, are we allowed to do this in person as of next week? Uh, no, not for no. Because we're not fa- we're not members of family in the same household. We yeah, but it's not a sport, and also it is kind of work. Um, if we can, in the oh yeah, dungeon, it is work. If if in the dungeon we can keep um, social distancing, which yeah, might, which might be difficult. We could do it, in no, your, we, we, we could we could probably manage it in a back garden. Let's 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 discuss this offline. Yeah, yeah, we're, 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 there's going to be a lot of people very upset. But you're right, it's work. Yeah, work. I would only want to do what's safe and permissible and advised. Yes, exactly. Uh, uh, look, I've got a limited, I've got a limited PPE as a, as a spell from the NHS. They don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> what better use of the podcasts? <laughs> joke, and by the way, that was a joke. That's a joke. Can I just? That's one thing. I don't know whether your um, your wives are saying this, but my my sister's a, an intensive care unit nurse. By um, and she's just. She's getting like so annoyed with people. Where she says, "I've got no problem with someone having a, a surgical mask out on the street, but they're they're doing it so badly. Like basically, you're meant to have a mask on and leave it on. And if you and but people keep touching it, and that actually makes it more of a health threat than wearing no mask at all. Well, I would know because I just wear a welder's mask. <laughs> nice. <laughs> or, or an old school hockey goaltender's mask. I find that as Sing your own kids. <laughs> I find it very approachable. Well, I've noticed one of those. Uh, one of the things that your wives will probably wear is that like plastic visor thing. Yes. Which sort of reminds me. I, I want to go to a toy shop and get one of those old police police helmets <laughs> with the plastic visor in front. Go so, to the supermarket and one of them. That's like so this one. reminds me of. Um, I mean, there's more than one way to, to skin a cat with social distancing, and I think. Uh, the guy that probably nailed this, he didn't even realise that he was nailing it, was Larry David with his MAGA hat. <laughs> I might get myself a MAGA hat, though, because, um, you know, you can automatically create lots of space around you. Genius. Excellent. Let's leave it there. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project... There's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.